When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the back man you do not see this in college football Everybody, a Groundhog's Day edition of College Football Live. Harry Lau, stand for Steve. I'm Wendy Nix, and we'll just clear it up. Yes, that Pucks and Tiny Phil saw his shadow. I guess we're due a little bit more winter, guys. But I did not know. Apparently, each state has their own groundhog. All right, because in Connecticut, that little fella, he didn't see his, his shadow. So I don't really know what to make of it. But there you have it. Uh, we also know that much like the movie with Bill Murray, Groundhog Day, we sort of saw a lot of the same things repeat themselves this season in college football, not the least of which, of course, are the Georgia Bulldogs, who won back-to-back -back national championships. We'll talk about a three-peat or the potential for one coming up. We also know this. The Big 12 released their schedule on Tuesday. We took a look at it then, but let's take a look again. And let's not forget, they will soon add new members. They will welcome BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF this year. Houston, by the way, not a lot of air miles. The Cougars only leave the state of Texas twice and the season kicks off with TCU hosting Colorado. That will be the Buffalo's first game under Deion Sanders. And Harry, I'll start with you. Who do you think has the easiest path in the Big 12? Look, it may not be the easiest by opponent, but by schedule-wise, eight home games for Baylor, which is a record for them, to me, that's got to be one of the easiest. In fact, they only have to leave the state of Texas three times during the entire season. To me, it doesn't get much better than that in terms of convenience. And then when you look at who some of their non-conference opponents are, they've got both Texas State and Long Island. To me, Baylor's got a pretty good slate here when it comes to looking forward here to 2023. Yeah, I know the question was easiest, Wendy, but I'm going to look at one of the newcomers to the league in Cincinnati as far as what they have to get to to have success this season. And I look at Cincinnati's schedule. I don't think it's too daunting. They're already a solidified program. They went to the playoff two years. And when you think about jumpstarting your Big 12, you know, tenure, you know, you get Oklahoma coming in on the 23rd. That's awesome. You don't have Texas. You don't have TCU. Uh, you get Iowa State, uh, you know, you don't have to go to Ames. And then those road trips, you know, you do have to go to Provo, Houston, UCF. But I don't think that's that tough when you think about the tough venues to play in the Big 12. So I, I think Cincinnati can get their feet in the ground in this conference really early on. I think you make a fair point. It's easy to forget that Cincinnati is an established program, but they certainly are, of course, just two seasons ago, the first non-Power 5 school to make the college football playoff. Uh, that's one side of the equation. On the other, of course, is the most difficult schedule. And, Harry, in your opinion, who's that belong to? 
You know, I'm going with Iowa State here, and it particularly has to do with the end of their schedule. This Iowa State team obviously had a great 2020. In 2021, they came in highly ranked, lost to Iowa, and they haven't really quite been the same since. If you look at the back end of this schedule here, November 11th at BYU, the 18th, they welcome Texas, and then the 25th at Kansas State. When you go through the gauntlet of a college football season in the way that they do, and especially how much the Big 12 has actually, in my mind, improved over the last few years, the end of that schedule makes things a lot more difficult for an Iowa State team that I'm not certain is going to take the leap that they need to take this year. So by the time you get to the end of that schedule, to me, that's pretty difficult to, to have to deal with there. Yeah, and I'm going to look at one of the teams, Wendy, who could be playing their last season in the Big 12, and that's Oklahoma. You know you're going to get everybody's best shot when you're Oklahoma, but when you factor in their road games this year and you look at the places they have to go, the five games they're going to play outside in Norman are all teams that played in bowl games. When you look at Cincinnati, you look at BYU, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, we know what's happening in the offseason with their roster losing guys, but they will for sure be up for OU's last visit to Stillwater. And then you have Kansas as an up-and-coming team who hasn't had success but was right there in a game in, in Norman this year. So I look at Oklahoma as having a tough stretch uh, to get through this season and try and win the conference. And there's no question there's a lot of water under that bridge, Steve. Not everybody's thrilled with realignment. And to your point, uh, the Big 12 mm. will lose Texas and Oklahoma. That's in 2025, but it's also possible this is the last time we see those two teams in this lineup. So Everybody will have their eye on those, too. No more coastal chaos. The ACC, as you remember, did away with divisions. The conference will be featured throughout the Labor Day weekend. They start strong 12 games over a five-day span. That includes Florida State, who plays on Labor Day Sunday for the third straight season. Steve, let's, have the, uh, let's go through the same exercise, and we'll start with you, the easiest ACC schedule. Yeah, I look at uh, Coach Brom coming to Louisville, Wendy. When you think about Louisville and I think about Louisville, I think about weeknight games, right? They were the up-and-comers in the old Big, Big East weeknight games. And when you look at their schedule, they have two Friday night games, two Thursday night games. And the biggest factor when you look at their schedule, no Clemson, no Florida State, no North Carolina, and no Wake Forest. Those are four pretty formidable teams. So I think it's, worked out, uh, it's fortunate for Louisville the way the schedule worked out. Yes, Steven, and I'm going with Virginia Tech here because of something that you had mentioned. They don't have Clemson, and they also don't have North Carolina. To me, I know that they have a non-conference slate here where you have Marshall, you have Purdue, and that certainly is not simple when you look at a non-conference schedule, but you've also got a chance there to get your redemption against Old Dominion. You certainly should do that. Rutgers is a winnable game. You got Pitt at home at Florida State, obviously tough, but you get NC State at home. Virginia is a, certainly a winnable game. They have to go to Louisville. That's fine. To me, this is a Virginia Tech team. Look, they might not take another leap this year, but Brent Price certainly has yeah. the blueprint for what that program needs to become and the program that we once knew it to be. So this year might not be the leap for them, but this is certainly a schedule to me that they can work with. Well, hope springs eternal this time of year, especially now and as we go through spring ball and into the summer. But as a fan, Steve, there's got to be those times when you look at the schedule and think, come on, how do we draw the short straw? Uh, for you, who is that in the ACC? Um, when I look at it, I, I think it's North Carolina. When you think about what they're up against, right, they're going to have all the hype. They got Drake May coming in. But when you look at how they ended this year and now you look at the end of that schedule – 
Like, you got to get that roster right. You got to get your offensive coordinator set. But look at the way they end with rivals like Duke and NC State and then road trips at Clemson, at NC State. It's, it's going to be a lot, hey, prove us wrong here with North Carolina. But I still think they have that stretch at the end that they're going to be up against looking at the schedule in its totality. No, Steve, I think you're right. But, you know, to be different, let's go with their rival, Duke. I think when you look at their opening game and what they're going to have to deal with, they open yeah. up with Clemson. And then in terms of the rest of their schedule here, you look, they have to go to North Carolina. They go to Florida State. You've got Notre Dame. And you've also got that NC State game and obviously ending with Pitt. I, I understand, you know, Pitt can be hot and cold. But to me, Duke, because of the way that they have to travel again to Florida State, to North Carolina, and you open up with that Clemson game, like, it's just tough. Those are the ACC teams where, <laughs> hey, like, typically anybody else that you're playing in the conference, you can kind of deal with it. But when you have to go up against those, that's one thing to go on the road and play them. That's an entirely different thing. And the mm -hmm. ACC guys as a conference will be looking to get that monkey off their back. They've missed the playoff the last yeah. two seasons after having at least one team in for the first seven years. So it's been a departure from the ACC the last several seasons. The Senior Bowl, by the way, underway. Always a marquee event on our February calendar. Quarterbacks in attendance include Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, Max Duggan, both finished top five in Heisman voting. There are also a number of standout players within the top 75 in those Scouts, Inc. rankings. We'll hear now more from our crew in Mobile, Alabama. Another great day here in Mobile, Alabama at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Productive day of practice. Field Yates, Todd McShay, Mike Tannenbaum, Lewis Riddick. And we're getting closer and closer to the game, but these practices can kind of be mini events in and of themselves. As we think about a player who stood out today, Todd, who comes to mind for you? I'll go with Jake Hayner from Fresno State, the quarterback. He, to me, was QB1 in this, this whole event. And we knew coming in, his tape was great. I stood next to him and I thought, uh-oh, he just doesn't look the part. Mm. And then he comes out and he performs with confidence. He understood the concepts. He was going through progressions faster than any other quarterback on both teams. He has great accuracy on all three levels. I think Jake Hayner now is in position to maybe be the sixth quarterback off the board. And I know it's just one practice and he played well yesterday. But I'm telling you, seeing him live made a difference for me. Mike, how about you? Yeah, same position. But I'll go with Max Duggan, guys. Again, how can you not love the story? He gets beaten out on his own team, doesn't start an opening day, leads his team to the national championship game against Georgia, Heisman finalist. And unlike Hayner, I thought he started off a little bit slow, but I thought he got better and better as the day went on and ultimately led his team down the field and threw a great ball down the seam in the two-minute drive. And what we're seeing here is not great arm strength, but good anticipation and good accuracy. I'm really right, looking ball, forward to seeing him ball. play in the game because I think that will play to his strengths. And, Lewis, how about you? Hmm. I wonder <laughs> where you're going. You guys want to take a guess? The Tajay Spears, he delivered it probably exactly the way he delivered all season long for Tulane as far as great vision, stop and start quickness, and then you see the acceleration once he got in the open field. You see it here. I mean, the guy can go 0-100 to 100 in a hurry. He can catch the ball well out of the backfield, as you see here. And once you get him out in space, he's not just straight line fast. He does have great lateral quickness. I just think that that's exactly what you're looking for in today's NFL. It's too hard to drive the, uh, down the field 70, 80 yards on a consistent basis, 10, 15 plays. You need home run hitters who can get those chunks in a hurry. 
Tajay can do that for Spears you. Spears and Jaden Reed, the Michigan mm. State wide receiver, the two offensive skill players that really stood out. They, they, yeah. It's a different level of speed and twitch. So yep. four offensive players named amongst these various men who had the chance to watch the Reese's Senior Bowl practice today. More to come tomorrow. Again, the game on Saturday, but plenty of time for these players to improve their draft stock at the Senior Bowl practices. Guys, thank you. And just a reminder of what the top of April's NFL draft will look like. The Bears have the number one pick. That's followed by the Texans. And how about this rounding out the top ten? The Eagles, huh, rich get richer because, of course, they're getting ready for this year's Super Bowl. More to come on College Football Live. Can Colorado win four games under prime this year? Will FSU make it to the ACC championship game? And can the Dogs three-peat our predictions? Coming up on College Football Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Demons be gone and the drought is over. Georgia on the mountaintop at long last. People have asked the question, how does it feel to be hunted? We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. We didn't build this program on one-year wonder. We built the program to be sustained. Georgia is going to survive. They feel like they have been the hunted. They want to do the hunting tonight. Bennett continues to dazzle the Georgia Bulldogs, bludgeon their way to back-to-back. Georgia is losing a number of key players from another championship squad. That includes quarterback Stetson Bennett, cornerback Kaylee Ringo, and potential number one pick Jalen Carter. Here's Coach Kirby Smart on the thought of a three-peat. Yeah, I really don't want to talk about three. I do think it's going to be much tougher, and I do think we're going to, we're going to have to reinvent ourselves next year because you can't just stay the same, and it's easy to get comfortable, and, uh, and comfortable does not win. Georgia is the current favorite to win the national championship next year, according to Caesars. No team has ever won three straight titles in the poll era. And before that, the last team to win three straight was Minnesota back in 1934 to 36. In total, just six times a team has won a title in at least three straight seasons, according to the NCAA. And with that, we'll borrow a page out of our friends at PTI Sportsbook and play a little odds maker, guys. And Harry, I'll start with you each time. We'll start with Georgia and the odds of a three-peat. I'm going 90%, and honestly, I feel like I could comfortably go higher than that. Look, I understand I've got some Atlanta and Georgia stuff around me here. I'm a proud Georgia State graduate, so don't get it mixed up. They are just that good, okay? This is college football's new Death Star. They've got, they're going to have players behind players behind players. It's absolutely Georgia, 90%. Wow. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go way lower because of the idea of they have to replace so much. Wendy touched on it. Quarterback's a huge issue. The out of conference is a joke, but I'm gonna say 33% because of the factor that is at hand. The teams that are lower in those odds all have their quarterback coming back. 
I think they're up against it at the quarterback position. I need you to take 33 and a third, Steve. Just let's let's make it work. Okay. Uh, 90%. That, that's yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, that's something else. All right. How about this, Harry? I, I, you got to go 100 here, I think. But well, no. All right. The chance. Let me get this right. The chance that somebody other than Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State wins the national championship. In other words, we're going to see a potential newcomer, if you will, uh, next season. One one percent. Look, I, I know this is something that a lot of people in college football want to see more parity, right? This teams we haven't seen, things like that. Look, TCU was a great story last year. They deserve to be in the national championship and they are truly a great football team. However, these three teams here are like truly metaphorically and literally built differently. To me, it would be something completely different for that to happen. I'm going to go a lot higher. I'm going to take the other three conferences. I'm going to go 50%. Uh, I have three of the other Power 5 conferences. You saw SC and Michigan uh, with their quarterbacks coming up at the odds list. I'm going to say 50%. All right. He stole your thunder there, but at least Harry's consistent. I think we know where he stands in terms of a national championship. Let's switch gears, if you will. We know Colorado has a new hair coach. Uh, here's uh, Deion Sanders talking about his team next season. Hope has been uh, reestablished, I, I, I truly believe. I think it's been there, but sometimes you just need, need to, to light that switch of hope. And uh, hope is in the house. Hope is in the air. Hope is in the city. Hope is in the community. Hope is in, within you all. Hope is in the house, Harry. Chances Colorado wins more than four games this season. I'm going 50%. I, I like the idea that they've brought in a lot of talented players through the transfer portal, but if you go and look at that schedule, you got to go and find me four wins, and it's it's pretty hard, Steve. Yeah, I'm going to go 10% because that means they have to win five. With more than four, you mentioned the schedule. That roster has a lot to do, you know, a lot of work to do. I'm going to say 10% they win five games. Come on, Steve. Hope is in the house. What's wrong with you? Hope is in the house. Man, so, right. so is reality. How about hope for the <laughs> – that's true. Fair. I like that. That's what I'm going to tell my kids. Uh, listen, let's talk Pac-12 for just a second. Uh, there'll be some conference realignment there. Uh, chances, Harry, that we see USC or UCLA win the conference before they move on. I'm going 50% here as well. I think USC has to be the team to do it here. Obviously, you've got the Heisman and Caleb Williams coming back. But I still really like what Washington's got going on and Oregon as well. Bo Nix coming back. He had a great year last year. It's incredible the player that he's become. Those two teams to me are going to be USC's greatest challenge to this. Um, but I'll, I'll give them 50%. I love these two teams. I'm going 90%, Wendy. I mean, without the divisions now, we could actually get these two teams to play in the conference championship, and that's a win-win if you just get them there. Uh, but I love what UCLA has done in the portal, and obviously SC has the Heisman Trophy winner coming back. So I think it's a really good possibility, 90%. Yeah, those two facing off for a conference title is a win-win. There's no question about that. They're not the only case where there's no divisions. Let's talk ACC. Uh, again, remember, the top two teams will play each other for the title. So, Harry, the chances we see Florida State play in the ACC championship game this season. I'm going high here just because I'm not very confident in the rest of what the conference has to offer. I'm going 75%. Uh, you got Jordan Travis coming back. They've really showed last year that they've got this thing in the right place. So to me, I'm going high here. I'm going 75. 
I'm going to go even higher. I'm going to go 95%. I think the world of this program and what they did, head coach is back, quarterback is back, and, and the schedule is there for the taking. Now, a huge game out of conference in LSU to start the season, but when you look at the ACC, I fully expect them to be in that title game. All right, guys, I lost track of the numbers. All I know is Harry gives nobody else in the whole country a chance to win a national championship except Georgia. That, that I got. Outside of that, I'm not really sure where we landed, but you can see our odds makers recap. Looks like you're both high on Florida State, though. That's good news for Seminole fans. And again, remember, uh, no divisions in the ACC, so they'll see the top two teams face off for the conference championship. All right, we've got more to come. How about this? Which coach might have a sophomore slump? We'll talk Heisman Dark Horses. I'm not going to do a national championship prediction. We already did that, but we do have our grab bag live coming up. Thursday night, we're featuring a West Coast primetime Pac-12 matchup on ESPN and the app. Our coverage begins at 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. All right, as promised, remember it's Groundhog Day. Everybody's making predictions. That little groundhog's not the only one. Uh, it's a grab bag, except it's a hat because I couldn't find a bag. Okay, so let's start there. All right, Steve, you ready for this? I don't know what's coming. Neither do you. Yes. All right. Oh, boy. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay, what happens first? Harbaugh returns to the NFL or Michigan returns to a national championship game? I like that. I think it's Harbaugh going to the NFL because that's going to be an every year occurrence, Wendy, whereas I think they're up against it this year to make the playoff. Fair enough. I agree. Harry, it's a little more predictable. More I'm intriguing go national week one game. Oh, oh, you're going to answer that one. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they'll make the national championship. I think this upcoming year we will get the Georgia-Michigan national championship game that many people thought we should have gotten this year. My heavens, you and that Georgia. All right, m most intriguing week one game, Harry. Just you on this one. Flor Florida State LSU, without question. I, I, obviously, that game was great last year. Both teams are more talented this year. It has to be that game. All right, I like it. Just you, Steve. Transfer player who will be most successful. Uh, this is with Tommy Reese still as offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. So I'm going to go Sam Hartman to transfer from Wake Forest. I think he has a big year for the Irish. All right. I, I'm going to let you both answer this one. Harry, I, I love this. College football head coach you'd most want to tailgate with. Sean Clark at App State. Great guy. And if we get to do it at App, it's incredible. It's Boone is a great place. If you've never been, you've got to go. I'm going to say Sam Pittman. He makes two words, cold beer, one word, cold beer. He says, I ride with Sam Pittman. What we need is cold beer in Boone. I agree uh, with both of those. All right, guys. Right. Uh, oh, Harry, how many, how many years left for Nick Saban? Let's go two. I, I think he's still got some left in the tank, but we're getting there. How many years left for Stanford, Steve? That's the last question. Steve, how many? So in, many. In, infinity. Infinity. <laughs> to infinity and beyond. I love it, everybody. Happy Groundhog Day. I don't know about that, Phil. I think it's a fraud myself, but they do it anyway.